Um, when you start thinking about your first memories, there's always one that's been um, very present in my mind, and it directly relates with what I do now. And that first memory was getting, as a birthday present, a mask and a snorkel to go snorkeling. At the time, I was living in El Salvador, and uh, that weekend we went to the beach. I remember the beach clearly, and I remember spending the whole day just snorkeling in the shallows and looking at rocks and looking at mm. crabs and, and just, just enjoying them, enjoying <laughs> the ocean and being able to look into it, you know, there's a, like a new window into a new world. And yeah. uh, part, of, part of that memory is something that I don't remember that my parents later reminded me. They said that when we got home that night, before I went to sleep, hugging my mask and my snorkel, I said to my parents that I wanted to be a marine biologist, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. And, and how old were you then, Ian? Oh, I want to say five, four, five, six, somewhere there. Um, I definitely knew how to swim then. Um, right. So my parents weren't concerned of having me in the water all day, and it Beautiful. was it was a fun day for sure. Beautiful. And and so tell us, where are you uh, in the world right now, and what are you working on? So are you a marine biologist? <laughs> I'm actually an environmental engineer, but um, the focus of my work has been mostly related to reef conservation and protecting mm -hmm. our oceans. So in, in a way, I'm, I'm like a marine biologist, but there wasn't, I couldn't study that career in Central America when I started studying. Mm -hmm. So I went through environmental engineering. And now I live on the beautiful island of Roatan in Honduras. And I have been living on this gorgeous island for 20 years now. And I work for a non-governmental organization called the Healthy Reefs Initiative. And, mm. uh, it's a really beautiful job that I have. There's this saying that goes, uh, find a job you love and you will never work a day in your life. <laughs> and I, I feel like I've been lucky enough to follow that. Beautiful. So uh, tell us a little bit more about this beautiful place where you are and uh, maybe tell us a little bit more about what you do what's a day of not working for you <laughs> <laughs> okay um, Roatan is part of the Bay Islands of Honduras which are three large islands Roatan, Utila and Guanaja and they are part of the Bay Islands National Marine Park which is the biggest marine protected area that Honduras has Um, and part of the work I do with the Healthy Reefs Initiative is that I'm the coordinator for all the activities of the NGO within Honduras. We work in the Mesoamerican Reef, which is the second largest barrier reef shared by Mexico, Belize, Guatemala, and Honduras. And we're a very small NGO. It's mm -hmm. our boss that's uh, stationed in Florida. And then mm -hmm. we have two people in Mexico, one person in Belize, one person in Guatemala, and myself in Honduras. So um, hmm. it's, it's a really small, lean organization, and we get to move very, very quickly. Yeah. And uh, you, you asked me what, what a day 
of <laughs> not <Yeah>. work. <laughs> um, it depends on the season and it depends on the year. The best season for me is when we're doing reef monitoring. And mm -hmm. that entails uh, doing anywhere between two to four dives in one day. Oh, wow. And counting. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of hard work. And you have three different teams of people, and you have people counting fish, you have people counting corals, and then you have people counting everything that's growing on the bottom of a reef. Mm, beautiful. So it's really cool because I get to see a lot of dive sites around around the Bay Islands of Honduras. Right. And I wonder, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that what you see after a day of, of after a day, a day, sorry, spending diving, it's just amazing. Like you must get out of the water with the eyes full of, I don't know, of color, of, of beauty. I actually don't want to go back on land. <laughs> I want to stay underwater. <laughs> and the best part of being underwater is that nobody can talk to you. So it's nice and peaceful <laughs> and quiet there. <laughs> right, right. And and I suppose that, um, yeah, it's also like a meditation kind of uh, practice then as well. When you are, uh, you know, alone, nobody talking to you and you have nature in front of you and you and your relationship with nature. Is that something that makes sense? It's very true what you just said, especially when, because you're scuba diving, you need to get into a certain breathing rhythm. And, and the breathing, the correct breathing rhythm for scuba diving is, is a long and slow, deep breaths. And that gets you into a really nice, calm mood. And you're underwater, so you can't really move very fast. Yeah. So you, you, you do go into a trance and I've had occasions when after my dive, uh, my, my dive buddy or somebody else on our team comes up and says, Ian, you didn't see it, but this huge shark went right past you and you were completely oblivious to it. <laughs> and, and, and it's true. And I've seen it happen to other colleagues of mine when, you know, they're scuba diving, they're counting all the algae on the bottom of the ocean and in mm. a beautiful um, spotted eagle ray just mm. swims right around them and circles them and, and leaves. And the person scuba diving never noticed it, never saw it. <laughs> wow. Because they are curious as well, right? Like, uh, especially when you are in pristine, pristine waters or pristine uh, ecosystems, my understanding is that, um, fishes and the animals that live there are also curious about the these people, strange people coming in, in right? <laughs> humans coming around. Yes, they are. Um, and, and they don't mean any harm. They, they never do. I think that any, any diving accident has to do with, with humans being dumb or doing dumb things, maybe having mm -hmm. blood in the water where mm -hmm. you attract predators. Right. But if you're just scuba diving and minding your own business and, and, and just enjoying the underwater world, You, you, won't, you won't be harmed by the marine life. And if you put out this, this positive vibe, the animals will feel it. And they'll come closer if, if you're in a good vibe. And they'll, they'll run away if, if you're angry or upset. Hmm. They, they feel it somehow. How interesting. And, uh, and now that, um, you know, that we are facing these uh, crazy times, uh, 
is there any opportunity that you have now in in especially you know uh, in conservation that you didn't have a month ago or even in your personal life you can take it whatever you um, want yeah I think um, the, the work we do is and mostly this year this year 2020 was our monitoring year we were getting ready to go out into the water and start counting fish and corals so that's kind of put a, a stop to all of that we're waiting to see when when the quarantine is over, that we can get back out into the water. But um, on a personal level, it's it's been a great opportunity to share more time with, with my daughter. Uh, my wife and I, we have a three-year-old at home, and um, she used to spend all day at school from eight to five, allowing us to work at home. Right. Now that school is closed, it's just been getting to know her more. Yeah. Um, okay getting a little bit frustrated, but mostly just having a good time and laughing and playing and, and finding your inner child. That children can do that to, to adults. They'll, they'll look at something and, and ask questions and, and be curious. And, you know, something as, as simple as a, as a piece of wood can become a great toy. So you get to see, you get to see life through a child's eyes again. And that's been, that's been one of the most beautiful things about being quarantine these past few weeks right oh nice and and yeah i mean uh, she's she's three you said right she turned three right before the quarantine so yeah right. she just turned three so she's just uh, still home maybe about to go to school but but yeah so you have some time some more time to spend with her and it's true that the universe of a child is can be so enriching right it's beautiful, and then um, it, she's got this little alarm in her brain. She knows when it's four o'clock, and she comes up to to me or, or, or her mom, and she's like, "It's time for the pool." So at f around four o'clock, we all jump in the pool and, and spend an hour swimming and just uh, having fun and spending some energy um, before closing the day. So <laughs> it's she's our little reminder of when it's time to to stop working and getting into the swimming pool. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of us have to spend more time uh, with the people we love, and it can be challenging as well. But I think it's it's one of the yeah, it's one of the opportunities that we all have uh, now in this great pause that we are all having. Um, yeah, very interesting. Um, Ian, can you? Think about a, a success, uh, a great success that you have had uh, in your life that you want to share with us. Yeah, um, thank you for sending me those questions because uh, that got me to thinking of which, <laughs> <laughs> what, what has been a success in, in, in my life. And um, I, I'm very proud to say that I've, I have been part of the team of scientists and scuba divers that discovered two amazing coral reefs in Honduras that are now marine protected areas, thanks to the discovery. Um, one of them is called Banco Cordelia, which is located on Roatan. And the other one is called Banco Capiro, which is located in the Bay of Tela on the North Coast. Hmm. And uh, being part of the team that discovered these amazing reefs wow. with, with high live coral cover and then pushing through all the legal um, 
loops and all the legal um, difficulties to get these areas declared as, as protected areas has been one of, one of my most important successes as, as a professional and as a conservationist. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really impressive. That's beautiful. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And um, are these places where you get to go? often or um, do, like I suppose that they're in, in very good shape that's what you're saying right just to give you an example um, the, the, the mean of the standard for life cover in the Mesoamerican reef I'm sorry is between yeah. can you say it again I think we got yeah please okay hi can you hear me okay yes yes okay this the standard uh, live coral cover in the Mesoamerican reef is around 19%. So if you're looking at a square meter of the bottom of the ocean where there are reefs, about 19% of that will have live coral growing on it. That's the, that's the average. Hmm. Uh, for Banco Cordelia in Roatan, it's 70%, 70. Hmm. And for Banco Capillo, it's 69% live coral cover. Wow. So, just finding that amount of live coral oh in a reef was was magnificent, and, and you know that was the main reason to protect these places because they show such promise of having that great amount of live coral cover. Wow, it's amazing! It's amazing, and and I'm sure that we still have a lot of places to discover, and and what you're doing is so important, so important for everybody. Thank you. Yeah, and and but it's also very challenging, and so that leads to our next uh, question, which is, what about challenges? Can you tell me um, uh, a challenge that you can you share with us? A challenge that you have overcame, that you have overcome, and uh, yeah, tell us about a challenge that you that you have faced. That was another question that got me thinking because. Um, how to choose one of so many challenges <laughs> that have to do with, with conservation and more so conservation in third world countries and more so on top of that in countries with, with high levels of, of corruption at, at so many levels. Mm. And, um, but I want to bring it down to something that um, was not just my success, but, but you know how, how that saying goes that it takes a village to raise a child, um, I'm also part. I'm also part of the local water board or the local water management entity in my community. Yeah. And uh, one of the successes that we have had here in the community is that now 98 percent of the houses in West End are connected to a wastewater treatment plant. So we are treating all the sewage that comes out of our community mm. before it goes into the ocean. And we have been working on this project for about 15 years now. Wow. And uh, the success has been such that uh, one of the beaches in West End, it's called Half Moon Bay, just received a Blue Flag Beach Award. That means that after a whole year of testing the waters, uh, this third party awards this uh, this uh, blue flag saying that the waters in this bay are clean for people to swim in and to enjoy. Oh, and this is, the, this is the only populated beach 
in Honduras that has this award. Beautiful. So, yeah, yes. that's a really good success. And, yeah, and, and, and don't you think that actually it's, it's really like a paradox, but uh, some of the richest uh, ecosystems of the world are located in third world, world countries where corruption and poverty are, are big issues. So it's very hard and challenging for uh, conser cons for conservation to, to 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 be there, right? It is. It's, it's very challenging um, because uh, it's not only just a question of poverty, which which I understand that uh, poverty leads to an unsustainable use of natural resources. I mean, if if you're hungry and your family is is hungry, you're going to go out and and, and fish or, you know, hunt for lobsters or, or gather a couple of conch in order to feed your family. But then, um, but then you have places like, like the Bay Islands of Honduras that are um, rich in ecosystems and, and in um, species. But also tourism is, is a great way of enriching people's lives and making, people, making sure that people have, mm. have a higher standard of living. Mm. And And that's where I think um, the corruption and the capitalist system has, has failed, where um, the riches uh, stay in the hands of a few, and it's, it's the breadcrumbs that are spread to the many mm. that change. And, and I feel that this, this, um, this quarantine and this um, virus that we're going through in the world might be a wake-up call to, to all of humanity to make us realize that Uh, money is not everything. It's it's actually unimportant, and um, maybe the economy is not as important as human well-being. And and I hope that we do come out of out of uh, this emergency with, with that frame of mind. Mm, yeah, and you know, uh, yeah, I remember you sharing one time a long time ago in Facebook uh, a post postcard or something like that where you had the planet earth that was visiting the doctor because it, it was feeling ill and the doctor said the bad yeah it was something like that it was like the bad um uh, the bad things that you have humans <laughs> yeah. and the good things is that they're not going to stay for long or something like that <laughs> yeah i remember that one <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah Wow, how interesting, Ian. Thank you. That's that's really, really um, something that, you know, it's a beautiful feel uh, that you are, in, in which you are, and, and it has its challenges, but it's also, it's just beautiful, beautiful. And, yeah. Yeah, and tell us, um, uh, if we move forward a little, uh, is there any advice that you could uh, give to your 18-year-old self? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, where to start? So much to, to <laughs> that, that, you know, that I have learned and, and uh, hopefully matured over all these years. And um, I think the advice I would give myself as an 18-year-old would be to learn and memorize the four questions that the Rotary uh, Club asks when you're thinking about an idea, um, because it's a good way to, to analyze and to self-analyze um, a project or uh, something you want to over undertake or 
you know, a new, a new plan you want to carry out. Hmm. And those four, four questions are, number one, is it the truth? Number two, is it fair to all concerned? Hmm. Number three, will it build goodwill and better friendships? And number four, will it be beneficial to all concerned? And hmm, for, yeah, it, it, it makes you really analyze your idea from those four different simple questions. And if either one of those questions, the answer is no, then the idea should not be carried out. Hmm. And, uh, so uh, that's what I would say to myself. I'd be like, hmm. everything you plan to do or everything you think of doing, uh, put it through this filter Put it through this process. And if the answer is yes, then go for it. And mm. if any of the answers are no, then um, scrap it and think of something else. <laughs> right, right. Or adapt. And, and and it's beautiful because that gives a frame of decision making and also uh, what you stand for from the beginning. Very, very interesting. Yeah. 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 And, uh, well, those are four questions uh, that are really, really interesting. I'm, I just took note of them, and I'm going to go and take a look on the web as well so I can perhaps memorize them. <laughs> they, they, they look, yeah, they, they seem very, very interesting. And uh, also, do you have any other resource that you will recommend us checking out uh, during these weeks? Yes, definitely. Um since we're all homebound, um, learn about the reef. Learn about the coral reef. Learn about um, how this really small ecosystem around the world is at one point or another home to 25% of the marine species of the world. Some scientists even say 30%. So between a quarter and a third of all the species in the ocean they have a stage in their lives at one point or another in the coral reef. Mm. So um, learn about what a coral reef is, um, what its importance is to human beings and to the planet, and uh, learn of what actions you can take daily that will impact positively on the reef health and stop doing those Actions that you carry daily that impact oh, reef health. Sorry, I think yes. we, we lost connection. Just the last part? Yeah, learn about um, where, learn about the activities that you carry out daily that have a positive or a negative impact on reef health. Hmm. Find out which activities you should stop doing. Like, for example, um, seafood is, is, everybody loves seafood around the world. But seafood, if it's not harvested the right way, has a really dire and great impact on the health of the reef and the health of the oceans, which ultimately is the health of our planet and, and our human health. So uh, find out what species you should be eating, which species you should not be eating at all, and um, learn to make decisions that way. Because even if you are, I don't know, Alaska, the, the furthest away from the coral reef, if you're eating um, some kind of crustacean or some kind of animal that is very beneficial to, to that ecosystem there or to the coral reef ecosystem, then, then you should not be eating it. Mm. And another thing is uh, go into our website. It's healthyreefs.com. 
www.ohrg.org and read our different report cards. We have published um, five, yeah. six, six report cards to date. Yeah. And uh, uh, have a read at them and read them in, in chronological order from the last one, from the first one to, to the last one, which is published in February. And, and look at the changes that have occurred in reef health over the years. And I'm, I'm glad to say some of it is, most of it is positive. But there's still oh, a lot of work to be done. Oh, okay, okay. That's very reassuring. So, yeah, so we're going to have your website. Um, you sent those informations to, information to me. Sorry, you sent that information to me, and I'm going to be posting it on on the on the notes, show notes of the podcast. So that's that's great. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I'm really looking forward to take a look at those. If you uh, could send the world an email right now, Ian, what would you say? What would you say to people besides, you know, the fact that we should be a bit more responsible and learn about the about coral reefs and and you know, what what yeah, what else would you add if there's anything to add that you would like to say to people? Two words: wake up. Stop living in a fantasy world where we think that. The resources of our planet are infinite. We all need to change our consuming patterns. We need to live more locally. We need to eat more locally. Um, we're not perfect. I, I'm guilty of, of certain pleasures of, of food that is not grown locally in my community. Um, but, you know, if we need to focus on this planet or we We won't make it. Home. Yeah, this is our home, and we don't have another. Uh, there's no plan B. So um, yeah. we, we need to we need to wake up to the fact that um, that by by living the modern consumerism attitude um, world in which we are living in right now is not sustainable and. Um, The yeah. planet is going to shake us off like like a like a disease or like a virus, yeah. you know. The planet will will get rid of us. Mm. It's uh, and it will continue. And life life on this blue sphere will not stop. It, of course, it, it, yeah. it just won't. But we, as humans, might not be around to 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 see it, um, or or the way we're living will, will be greatly impacted. And, and, mm. And coming back to what I said, you know, we just need to wake up to yeah. to the fact that we're not living the right way mm -hmm. on this planet. And uh, and uh, something that is really interesting happening now is that we are all the whole world is in a big pause, right? In what in the greatest greatest pause uh, ever? Or, yeah, yes. yeah. And um, you know, I think that some of us are. Um, not realizing that actually uh, it is a great time uh, to get rid of of a lot of things that we don't want anymore and uh, i don't think people want to go back to normal lives i think a lot of us have uh, is 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 wanting to to use this time to change to 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 wake up don't you think to, to analyze that whether your life was net positive or net negative to your neighbor, to your community, 
to your island, to your city, to your country. Um, um, if I analyze my life, I feel that I, there's still a lot to be done, but, but I feel that um, doing conservation work has been something positive that I'm, I'm leaving behind. It's, it's something um, that doesn't benefit only me, but is benefiting my community, my neighbors, my, my fellow islanders. And I think that if, if we all took that point of view of, of the work I'm going to do will not only benefit me, but will benefit everybody around me, I think we would be in a better place as, as a whole, as a humanity, where it would be less selfish and more about, uh, let's make sure that we all win and not just one group or just myself or just my family. Beautiful, Ian. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for this time and this conversation. I'm really looking forward to, to hear more about you and uh, to see what you've been doing. And, and I'm very happy to have had you in this podcast. So thank you very much and, and all the best for you and your family. <laughs> thank you for this beautiful opportunity to talking to you and, and to those people that are going to listen. Um, We've, we've had a long friendship, haven't we, Nina, for a long yeah. time? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm really glad you reached out. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure, Ian. Thank you so much and, and talk to you soon.